your game more. Right. <laughs> I'm just like the diva, like <laughs> like the um like the presenter, the diva presenter is like. Well, you're trying to match our level because you're not wearing the right colour, so <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to match us. Yeah, you're banished, right. Jai. I'm Jai. <laughs> yeah, Jai, you're out. Get out. I'm tired. I'm tired. Three, two, one. What's up, everyone? Welcome to part two of our weekend's digital gatherings. It's very exciting to have you along. Uh, we are unfortunately in lockdown. We cannot have any church services in this physical space. And so we have even have to wear masks when we're not on the microphone, as you might see. Uh, we are releasing four episodes this weekend. Guys, make sure you are watching them all because they are all the far, four points of what we're reading in Jonah this weekend. And... Um, you can still catch last night's episode either on the podcast or on YouTube. So make sure you're checking that out. Now, as you might be able to see, I am the uh, thorn between two pink roses. These two lovely women <laughs> beside me. Uh, we are uh, very excited to have you along. Thank you for joining us. Now, uh, Gemma, first of all, how are you going? I am very good. I'm very happy to be here. You did an excellent job taking your mask off. Well done. Oh, thank you so much. I'm really trying to work on the smooth manoeuvre. We've, um, we've been practising it for a while. I can't let it hang on my ear because it looks a little bit sus. So <laughs> I'm just going to fully put it off. Um, but yeah, I'm good. I'm really happy to be here. Uh, love the coordination. Excellent Joel, work. you're really not matching our level I'm today. I'm sorry about that. I um, really can't do anything I about think that. I think... Oh, look, there we go. Problem solved. Uh, yeah. We've got... A lovely uh, puffer jacket here for you. Yes, I, I brought this in earlier just in yeah. case. Yeah, because you knew that we were going to all match today. Yeah. yeah. Matching now. Now, did we, um, should I put my mask on? Here we Gorgeous. go. There we go. The biggest problem with having glasses and a mask is that it fogs up. Look, it's starting to fog up already. <laughs> Look. <sighs> <laughs> I'll take them off for a second. Uh, we also have Cassie here <laughs> joining us. How are you? I'm well, thank did you. Did you coordinate with Gemma? Oh, we, we, it, was, it was actually a kawinky dink <laughs> this morning. But this is pretty That's much good. our go-to pink, pink top. And yeah. This is my go-to and, jacket. And light denim. Yeah, yeah well, I'm, I'm yeah. close. And white one. shoes. <laughs> I, got clo- I got close. I got like, similar white there? shoes. They're and, quite um, nice. Jeans. Joel. Yes. Oh, I'm very yeah. happy. I'm I like very the happy with this socks. Yeah, check this out too. Ready? Oh, there's a bit of pink in the Look sock. Look at that. Ooh, there we go. Can Can the camera see that? Fashion. Now, um... Thanks, oh, Ethan. On thank the, you. Thanks, Ethan, the producer, getting that sorted. Um, and also, <laughs> I've, you're wearing the same thing, but you're also wearing the same hair. <laughs> That's a both both you, natural ranger. Can you claim to be yeah. a ranger? Are you a, are you a natural yeah. ranger? Yeah, you? I was okay. born a ranger. Okay. Yeah. Yep. But did it change, or are you changing it? It's red. <laughs> it's red. Okay. Well, excellent. Well, Cassie, the, the exciting thing about having you here is that. Uh, you may have, you may, if you didn't see it last night, you will see it right now, but you did some beautiful mask removal, but also some beautiful um, uh, drawings for us to represent what happens in Jonah. Now, could you, um, before they actually come up, because we're about to have the Bible reading, could you tell us how you actually did that? Actually, no. Why, it's why not? Because it's magic. Is it? I can't tell you. Really? It's, is this like a, a magician, how he can't reveal how he does his tricks? Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have to have a look and see how it's made. You have to have a guess. Guys, <laughs> check it out. We're about to read Ron, uh, Rona? 
It's pretty simple, Rona. <laughs> We're about to read Rona. Jonah. Rona will be Jonah, pretty guys. exciting. Rona will be excited <laughs> watching it. And uh, enjoy this reading from Jonah. Jonah's Prayer. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. He said, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me, seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down, the earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Thank you so much uh, for that Bible reading. That was super lovely. And um, if you picked up on any of the techniques Cassie used for that artwork, let us know in the comments. Um, we are back with some very special guests. Uh, we have uh, Lionel over here and we have Tim. Tim, do you want to tell us what's happening? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. I'm not quite sure what's happening. But uh, no, we're here with Lionel and uh, Lionel has uh, some more um, questions from kids. Is that right, Lionel? Yep, I sure do. Uh, I've also got a song. Y you've got a song for us? Yeah. What's the song? Something I wrote. Oh. Do you want to share that with us? Love to. I need a mic. Hello, microphone. <laughs> All right, take it is. Ready? Kids, you can sing along. The boat, the boat, the rocky, rocky boat. With a heave and a hoe and a great big tour, they throw Jordan off the boat. Oh, thank you for that. Thank you for that, Lionel. Um, I, I also see that you've brought some supplies with you. Um, yeah. What's that for? I feel like I heard, I heard through the grapevine that you like to fight grime. So is this some of your uh, supplies for that? Yes, it's the weekend. And on the weekend, I fight grime. I have Len 20. Smells good. Tastes bad. Blah. <laughs> And I, this thing, it's purple, I spray, I wipe. <laughs> I think it's got spray and wipe! Ah! <laughs> That's a great lesson for everyone. Um, so we might uh, kick off with the questions. So Gemma, I have a question first, sorry. Oh, all right. Are we related? Uh, no, we are not related, but we do share one very nice thing in common. Yes, we're both green! Yes, we are both green. Thank you for that, Lionel. Uh, so we might start off with the questions. Did you have those? Yeah, Lionel, uh, what questions have been sent in oh, for us today? Hang on, too many cleaning products. All right. Tim, I think you know this person. Zali wants to know, was it a whale or a fish? Uh, or a Tyrannosaurus Rex! Ah! 
That is a, a great question, Lionel, and a great question, Zali. Uh, yes, was it a whale or a fish or a Tyrannosaurus Rex? That was uh, my bit. That was your bit. Oh, you added that. I couldn't tell. Really? Uh, I'm practicing. <laughs> you're doing very well, Lionel. I really appreciate it. Um, well, we can say for certain, I'm pretty sure, that it wasn't a Tyrannosaurus Rex. So, Lionel, I'm Are sorry. Sure? Uh, we're pretty sure it wasn't a Tyrannosaurus Rex. As far as we know, Tyrannosaurus Rex couldn't swim. And so finding one in the ocean ready to swallow Jonah would have been a very difficult task. Is that because of their tiny little arms? Very little arms. They can't do doggy paddle. They just sink mm. straight to the bottom. Yeah. Very sad. Or backstroke. Or backstroke would be also very difficult. Breaststroke also. Uh, and the butterfly is just completely out of the question. Oh, um, good point. Yeah. No, it wouldn't go well at all. However, uh, whether it is a fish or a whale is a good question. Um, from what we know as best as possible is that in the ancient Israelites, they really didn't have words to distinguish the two from each other. They just knew that they were big sea creatures. And so the word in the scriptures is fish. But as far as we know now is that there's probably not a fish that's big enough to swallow a human. And so the likelihood of being some kind of whale is probably our best guess for what Jonah spent uh, three days inside of. Then how big was it? Zali wants to know. Zali wants to know how big it was. Zali, it was big enough to fit a human inside of. So that's, uh, that's pretty big. That's huge. <laughs> it certainly Can is. Can I fit in it? I reckon if Jonah could fit inside, you could too, Lionel. I don't have any legs. <laughs> how are you I sitting? wouldn't take out my room. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. You and Jonah together would uh, fit inside the whale pretty comfortably, I believe. I haven't got any more questions. Oh, well, thanks. I rest my case. All right. Well, uh, back to you, Gemma. Uh, so after that lovely, uh, insightful answer, didn't we have one more question from someone else? I can make one up, but you probably don't <laughs> want to do that. There are two. Oh, no, I think that was the only one. All right. Well, there's not two questions like I have been told. So thanks for that, guys. Um, so that brings us to the end of this segment. We are now going to have a song. Uh, unfortunately, at the moment, we can't even record music at the factory, but we had a little dig into the archives from uh, COVID lockdown round one, and uh, we've pulled out a real gem. So uh, comment down below if you remember uh, this gem. one. Gemma. Yes, ah. yes, I know. I had to pull it out somewhere. <laughs> okay. I had to pull it out somewhere. Um, but yes, we're going to head over to that now.
Guys, I hope you really enjoyed that song. I think it's always really fun to see some Lego playing playing a church song. That's really cool. We, I am rejoined here by Cassie and Stu. Hello. Very nice to see you guys Hi. back here with us. Now, Stu, you've been uh, preparing some talks on Jonah. It's really cool that we're doing the mm-hmm. talks that are actually from uh, the kids series that was going to happen at Week Away. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's not happening, but it's cool that they, our kids team are leading us in that. Can you give us a quick recap on Jonah 1, which you did last episode? Yes, yes, I can do that. So with Jonah 1, we so far in the story, we've met Jonah, who's a prophet, and he's been called on by God to take uh, a message, a prophecy against the city of Nineveh, which is part of the Assyrian Empire. And instead of Jonah obeying God and going and prophesying to that city, he runs the other way, and he goes down to um, Joppa and gets on a boat to Tarshish. And as of uh, the last uh, topic in chapter 1, we get to the point where uh, there's a big storm on the sea and the sailors work out that Jonah is the reason for the storm, that God has sent the storm. And so Jonah says to the sailors, throw me overboard. And so we pick up the story today from chapter two where Jonah is literally plunging into the icy depths of the Mediterranean Sea and we're waiting to see what happens next. Which Cassie is very helpfully uh, represented for us in uh, uh, illustrative form. Are you still going to reveal any of your secrets there, Cass? Absolutely not, Joel. A magician does not reveal their secrets. (laughs) Not happening. Um, Yeah, it's true. That's really cool. So what do you reckon is going on for Jonah there? So as I read the story, it seems like the sailors are more humble and faithful than Jonah. Um, Do you think that's the case? Yeah, I think the the really clever thing about the book of Jonah is that the writer of Jonah uses this uh, illustrative uh, uh, literary technique uh, using satire to show us this contrast between Jonah and the sailors. So Cassie, yeah, the idea is that we're meant to see in the sailors more humility and more faithfulness and actually more repentance and a willingness to uh, recognise that God is God than God's e- prophet is even willing to do. So Jonah is is actually uh, not at all who we should aspire to. And funnily enough, these non-Israelite sailors who before this situation happened were worshipping other gods and idols actually come to faith at the end of chapter 1 and they make vows to God, in other words, saying, we will now follow you, God. So, yeah, the idea is that we're meant to look at those sailors and think, wow, they're more faithful than Jonah is, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. Well, uh, Stu, it's your turn. Uh, 
Jonah is about to enter a fish, so take it away and let us know why he's inside a fish. Yeah, thank you. Well, it's exciting to bring to you chapter two of this story. Uh, But before we dive into chapter two, I wanted to tell you a fun um, story and read an article from the Cape Cod Times. Now, you may have heard of this story. It's been uh, really popular on social media and even in in the media. Apparently, what happened was a lobster diver in Cape Cod in America literally got swallowed by a whale this year so i want to read this to you because i think it's really an amusing story although it probably wasn't for the guy who was swallowed to start off with but in princetown i'm reading from cape cod times uh this is what they report princetown a little before 8 a.m on friday veteran lobster diver michael packard entered the water for the second time of the day his vessel the j and j was off herring cove beach and surrounded by a fleet of boats catching striped bass The water temperature was balmy, 60 degrees, and the visibility was about 20 feet. The licensed commercial lobster divers literally pluck lobsters off the sandy bottom of this part of the bay, and as Picard 56 dove down on Friday morning, he saw schools of sand lances with stripes swimming by, which are small fish that were swimming by. At this point, the lobster diver actually found that a whale had also noticed these fish and the whale was actually on its way to to eat these fish and he happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time (laughs) and the diver actually said that um uh the the ocean food chain was full of evidence of the fish but about 10 feet from the bottom packard suddenly knew that it what it felt to be truly part of that food chain uh in something truly biblical Packard was swallowed whole by a humpback whale. Imagine that. You're going down to catch some lobsters and all of a sudden a whale comes out of nowhere and swallows you. All of a sudden, this is what he says, all of a sudden I felt this huge shove and the next thing I knew it was completely black. Packard recalled Friday afternoon following the release from Cape Cod Hospital. He was swallowed literally by a whale. And I don't know who was more shocked, the whale or this guy, because obviously he was all right because he lived to tell the tale. He got spat out by the whale who obviously wasn't after him. He was offered, They were after the, the striped lancefish, obviously. But this guy actually is an amazing story that, um, that has so many parallels with the story for today, except one really big parallel. The, the main character of the book of Jonah is actually not Jonah himself, the prophet. But the main character of the Bible story of Jonah is actually God himself. And God is actually in complete control of the situation. Obviously, God had determined that he wanted to bring the people of Nineveh to repentance. And he wanted to send Jonah as his prophet to do his bidding with what he had planned to do. But Jonah had better ideas. Jonah actually decided he didn't want to do what God wanted to do. And as a result, God was still in control and sent a storm. He then um, was in control when the sailors cast lots so that they would determine that it was Jonah who was the reason for the storm. And then Jonah himself makes this stunning um, revelation in chapter 1, verse 9, where he says that he worships the God of the land and the ocean. In other words, the God who is over everything, land and ocean, the one who'd sent the storm. So for the sailors, straight away, they're terrified because they know how powerful the storm is. And if Jonah's God is more powerful than the storm and could have sent the storm, then they're even more terrified of uh, the living God than they are the storm. And Jonah says, look, if you throw me overboard, this will all end. He goes overboard in what looks like a fairly selfless, 
act. It sounds like he's trying to save the sailors. But another way of looking at it is, is this actually an ongoing reality of his selfishness? Jonah being thrown overboard, to him, in his perspective, speaking humanly, he was going to drown and die. He was going literally into the place of the dead by being thrown into the water. How, what better way was there for Jonah to avoid doing what God asked him to do and going to Nineveh? If he was so keen not to go to Nineveh, this would definitely mean that he wouldn't have to go to Nineveh. As we find out in chapter 4, the reason that Jonah doesn't want to go to Nineveh is because he sees that, uh, that terrible empire of the Assyrians is so hateful and so wrong that he doesn't want them to repent and be saved. He wants them to be punished for their evil. And here in chapter 2, we're seeing that he will even go to the extent of ending his own life in order to see that not happen. But God has other plans. The main character of the story is actually going to save Jonah in a miraculous way. So in chapter 2, verse 1, we see that Jonah is inside the whale or the fish. Now, Tim and and Lionel had a really interesting conversation earlier about whether it was a fish or a, a whale. Uh, the main issue is that he's swallowed by something underwater when he was supposed to die he has gone to the place of the dead if going into the water and drowning isn't enough to say that this guy is going to die if you get swallowed by a sea creature that is compounding this death experience that there's no way you could get out of this situation left to your own devices however if the main character of the story god is in control the one who sent the storm sent the fish or sent the whale and swallowed Jonah so that not only would it be a symbol of his inability to escape his own destiny, which is death itself, but it's also going to be an amazing story of going from death to life, which we'll pick up in a sec. But before we do, we actually are confronted with Jonah praying to the Lord his God in the belly of a whale. Now in the structure of the letter, chapter 1 and chapter 2, are where Jonah interacts with non-Israelites who, as we've already said from Cassie, have more faith than the prophet of God himself. But in chapter 2 and chapter 4, we see Jonah pray twice. This is the first prayer, and he's inside the whale or the fish. And from the story we heard earlier from the guy from Cape Cod, who, the lobster farmer who got swallowed by a whale, a whale, I really think it's interesting that his first impression is of complete darkness. So imagine this, Jonah is inside a whale in complete darkness. It's like there's no frame of reference. He's been swallowed by this fish and he's praying to the Lord. Now, what does he pray in complete darkness? I think the darkness here is symbolizing his lack of knowing what's happening to him. And it's taken him to fall to his very, very bottom for him to call out to God. This is the one he's run away from, remember that. In verse 2, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead I called for help. He might as well be in a grave calling to God for help. And here he is calling to God. And interestingly in verse 2, You listen to my cry. God hears him in that place of the dead. The only one that could possibly save him from this situation is God himself. And so, verse 3, you hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled around me, all the waves and the breakers swept over me, and I said, I've been banished from your sight, yet I'll look again towards your holy temple. Interestingly, as he's in the fish, in the whale, he's having this conscious remembrance of how he got there. He's like, okay, I've gone into the water. I thought that was going to mean that you were going to banish me for what I've done. 
I've been so bad in that I've actually not only run away from you, but I've refused to do what you've said. And I, I'm, I think there's evidence of guilt right here, right now. He's expecting that the response from God is going to be that God is going to banish him from his presence. Verse 4 again, let's read that. I said I've been banished from your sight, yet I will look again towards your temple. So there's something stirring in Jonah that he calls out to help from God, even though he doesn't feel like he deserves it. He doesn't deserve help, but he knows that God is good. And so he appeals to the God who is good. Verse 5, the engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me, seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank, the earth beneath barred me forever, but you, Lord, my God, brought me life from the pit. In other words, Jonah is saying, I was already dead. To all human reason, I have drowned and now I've been eaten by a sea creature. I might as well be at the roots of a mountain in verse 6. I've been placed from the place of the living into the place of the dead. The Jewish people in the Old Testament called that Sheol. And then even though he's there, even though he's in Sheol and he's abandoned God, God does not abandon him. In verse 6, we can see that God graciously brings him out of the place of the dead, Sheol, the pit there in verse 6. And how did that happen? Well, God sent the fish to take Jonah. And then at the end of this story is my favorite verse in Jonah. I love this. I have for many years. In chapter 2, verse 10, And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. What I love that about that is it's just such an ignominious way to be saved. It's not that you know this, this fish or this whale then comes up to the uh, beach and, and Jonah just strides out of this whale. There is no dignity left for Jonah. He has abandoned God and now he's vomited on the sand. But in the midst of that, he is saved by God. And the parallels between that and the, the experience of Jonah before this is very striking. The man who has run away from God cannot help but be ejected from the fish. So when God commanded him to go to Nineveh, he ran away. But when God commands the fish to, to act, it acts. When the sailors are commanded in chapter 1 to act, they act. And now, rather than commanding Jonah to go back to Nineveh, he is just ejected onto dry land. And now he is there on the dry land. I can't imagine what shape he would be in. I mean, hopefully we might be able to throw up a photo of the guy who's been swallowed by a, a whale at Cape Cod. He's literally in the photo giving the thumbs up from hospital bed with like cords all over him from just a couple of seconds. Jonah would have experienced all of this and it would have been incredibly traumatic physically for him and emotionally for him, but he has been saved. This is literally a miracle. And the reason that that is such a miracle is that Jesus, when he reflects on this story, talks about that not only being a miracle and an example of going from death to life, but it also gives Jesus an opportunity to use that story as an illustration of what's going to happen to him. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 38 to 42, this is what we read. Actually, I'll start at verse 38. Then some of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law said, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. He answered, a wicked and adulterous generation asks for a sign, but no one will be given except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days in, and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So what Jesus is saying there is 
the experience of Jonah, the prophet, who was a rebellious prophet, is going to be the same experience that he will have. Who He is the good prophet. Unlike Jonah, he's not going to run away from God's mission. We talked about that last night in the first talk, that in Mark chapter 1, verse 14, Jesus takes the message that God has given him and begins his message by saying, the kingdom of heaven is near, repent and believe the gospel. He is doing exactly what Jonah is supposed to do to the Ninevites. And when he declares this message, rather than God needing to get a supernatural occurrence to make Jesus um, do what he's supposed to do, Jesus is actually going to be attacked by the people he delivers that message to. Some are going to believe, but some are going to disagree so strongly that they have Jesus on trumped-up charges, put on a cross and executed and put in the ground. To all intensive purposes, the soldiers and the leaders, the religious leaders of Jesus' day, and even the crowds that were baying for Jesus' blood would have thought that killing Jesus on the cross and putting him in a tomb for three days was just the same as a man falling out of a boat into the water and being swallowed by a fish. He was dead. He had gone to Sheol, the place of the dead. He might as well have been buried under the roots of a mountain. However, Jesus is using this as an example to say that he will rise from the dead. Just like the story of Jonah is a story of death and resurrection, so the story of Jesus is a literal story of literal death and literal resurrection. Jesus doesn't remain alive in the cave like Jonah remains alive in the belly of the whale or the fish for three days. Jesus is dead. That's attested to by the Roman guards who killed him when they pushed the spear up into his lungs and his heart and when they pulled it out, water and blood came out showing that his heart had stopped beating. Jesus was dead and instead of having an ignominious rising like Jonah being spat and vomited out of a fish onto a beach, Jesus does walk out of the grave triumphant in glory, to show us that if we put our faith in Jesus Christ, he can take us from death to life too. Because the same death that faces all of us is the same death that Jesus has conquered on the cross. If we put our faith in him, he can save us from that event. God is the God who saves. And God is the God who saves Jonah. And God is the God who saves Jesus. And God is the God who can save you and I. The application to this story for us today is that if we repent of our sins, we know that Jesus loves us and willingly and joyfully took our place on the cross so that he could actually take the punishment that we deserve for all the wrongdoing and rebellion we do. Just like Jonah, we have run away from God. When God has called us to us himself, we have gone down to Joppa and got on a boat to go to Tarshish as far away from God as possible. It might not have been a literal journey, but we go on that journey in our hearts and in our minds. We don't think about God day to day. We don't worship him day to day. And we just think of ourselves and what means most to us. But in running away from God, we remember the great main character of the book of Jonah. He is a generous and gracious God. He didn't have to save Jonah. He could have selected another prophet and sent him to Nineveh. But in God's love, he did save Jonah. And he actually worked through the inconsistencies and the weaknesses of Jonah to accomplish the tasks that he had decided. Jesus gives us an opportunity to have access to that same grace and love. That despite the fact that we run away from God, he loves us and he cares for us. And he calls on us not only to be saved, but also to participate with him in saving others. The prophet Jonah is a warning against us 
sitting on our hands with the beautiful message of the gospel that Jesus has given us. The same message that has saved us is available to others. And we can partner with Christ as he continues to save more people by simply pointing other people to Jesus. So as we continue on in this series this weekend, I hope that you'll be encouraged that despite our weaknesses as human beings, we can be used mightily by God. How is God going to use you this week? Thank you very much for that, um, Stewie. I really appreciate the time and effort you've been putting into actually um, understanding Jonah and seeing what the story is about. I found it quite interesting when you were talking about going from death to life Mm -hmm. and that complete darkness message or motif you were talking about. Do you think that God sometimes allows us to hit rock bottom like he did with Jonah in order to make us realise that we do actually need him? Mm. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting question, Joel, because um, one of the um, the other passages from the New Testament that came to my mind as I was preparing the talk for today is the fact that here's Jonah in the storm with the sailors and it's not until Jonah reaches rock bottom that he calls out to God. And then the interesting thing in the New Testament, in Mark chapter 4, Jesus is actually in a boat, asleep in a boat, in a storm, not with non-israelites but this time with his disciples and unlike jonah when jesus is awakened from his sleep because in the story of jonah he was asleep in the bottom of the boat while the sailors were trying to save the situation in the storm well jesus is in the boat the sailors uh, are the disciples they wake jesus up and then when they wake him up um you, you know you can just imagine that they're at rock bottom like obviously they've been fighting against the storm in Mark 4, they're trying as hard as they can to overcome the waves and the wind. And when they get to the point where they know they can't do anything else and they need help, that's when they reach out to Jesus. And Jesus is there, again like God was with the fish for Jonah, Jesus, who is God, stands in the boat and he calms the storm. He speaks to the wind and the waves and the wind and the waves obey him. So what I find really exciting is in those two stories, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament, you see people at their wits end saying, I just don't know what else to do. Now, on top of those two stories, time and time again in my life, I come to a point where I think, oh, I can do this, I can do this, until a point where I go, actually, there's nothing I can do. And to my shame, I find myself also sometimes needing to get to that point where I'm at my last before I call out to God I I work really hard in my life to try and reach out to God in the good times and the hard times from the beginning but sometimes it is at that point where I'm feeling like I'm exasperated I'm scared because I don't know that anyone else can help me I reach out to other people and other things for support and security and I don't get it and God is there and it reminds me that I think Joel that the biggest challenge that we all face in our lives is going to be our own death And when we're at that point of our own death, no one else can help us. The doctors can't help us. The medicine can't help us. And we will all get to that point where no one can help us. And my prayer is that we won't wait until that moment to call out to God like Jonah does. But we will call out to God now and we'll actually do that through all the hard times we go through to prepare ourselves for that day where we'll face our own death. And my hope is that that day when I face my own death, when you face your own death, that we won't be scared. Because we'll be used to the fact that God actually intervenes supernaturally in ways that we can't imagine and can actually turn situations around. So rather than living with anxiety and fear in my life, I seek to give my anxiety to God, as Paul encourages us to do, so that um, 
yeah, I think that's how I see that situation. I mean, I've definitely been in those situations myself many, many a times, and it's is I'm getting better at it, I think. But mm. um, to actually know that, that there's nothing I can do, and I can only call out to God, and He mm. usually answers. Well, he always answers yeah. in whatever way He cool. desires. Um, just one more question. Uh, your favorite, one of your favorite verses in the Bible was when Jonah was vomited up up on the sand. Uh, do you reckon the guy in Cape Cod was uh, vomited up onto the sand? I was trying to wonder. I was wondering how did he actually get out of the the big whale that he got swallowed by? Yeah, yeah. So, so the whale's form of vomiting was uh, from some of the other reports I've read. I was interested in that too. But apparently, the whale. The, the diver thinks that the whale was trying to vomit him out straight away because he's swallowed something that he doesn't want to swallow and then it's got stuck and he's trying to get rid of it. So the whale literally vomited the guy from Cape Cod out of his mouth when he could finally vomit him out. So that's a really cool little mm. parallel between the story of the guy and the, and the Jonah story. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Well, thank you very much for that message and we look forward to uh, hearing some more uh, about Jonah in the next few episodes. Make sure you're tuning in and to listen. So thanks Cool, you. cool. Well, guys, something as we always like to do at Sorrow Bible Church is obviously talk to God, and I am joined here again by the ladies in pink who um, we're going to share some prayer points, and um, then we'll pray for the people in our community and the people around the world. Please take it, take it away, Gemma. Yeah, so I think we should be praying for those who are sick and struggling, especially as we're in lockdown at the moment. Absolutely, we can do that. Gem and um, yeah, definitely praying for the COVID situation. Obviously, at the moment for the the vaccinations, those who need it most at the moment for that rollout, um, and yeah, just in general for people's health, for people's mental health um, during this time, mm. and for it all to end. Really, yeah. Let's do that. Let's pray. Talk to God. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the ability to be able to um, bring our gatherings to our congregations. Um, like this. Um, thank you for everyone that's been behind it and working hard on it to make it all happen. Um, in particular, Lord, we pray for this situation as um, Cassie just raised um, with COVID. As obviously, we've been locked down again in order to try and reduce the number of cases. Um, I pray that would happen, Lord, and I pray for those that have been impacted um, and dealing with um, the actual virus, Lord, and I pray that you would rid the world of this virus um, as soon as possible. Lord, we also pray for those in our community who is who are sick or struggling, um, in particular Ebony Tate and Julie Darville, and we pray that they would know your loving presence, Lord, and and have the patience um, to be able to get through this time. Um, and I pray that they would be continue to be comforted by you, Lord, um, especially as they recover, and just know that you have um, everything under control. Lord, in particular, we also pray for pray for Jake and Krista Sell. Um, who are Karen and Anthony's daughter-in-law. Oh, sorry, Trista is Anthony and Karen's daughter-in-law. And she's experiencing some complications with a third trimester pregnancy father. And that can be something that's very difficult to understand and very hard to deal with. And um, we pray that that can continue and um, the baby will be grown and strengthened and um, everything will uh, go according to plan, Lord. And I pray that... Um, both Jake, Krista, Trista, Karen and Anthony would know your plan and be seeking you in this time, Lord. We also pray for Joel and Mary Slab, Father. Um, they had to postpone their surf camp, Father. And I pray for everyone impacted by these changes, in particular the Aboriginal communities and all the rest of everyone else that's up there 
um, we were looking forward to the surf camp, Father. I pray that um, everyone is protected from the impact of COVID and that they may be able to um, uh, have that surf camp again, Father. And also pray for our friends, Lord, in Papua New Guinea, um, Hengaber and Benessi and everyone else behind the um, Evangelical Church in Papua New Guinea. And I pray for that medical response to COVID, which is um, quite rampant at the moment, Lord. We pray for the protection of Hengaber and Benessi and also everyone in their family and their community and that the gospel is still able to spread in these circumstances. And Father, we bring all these things before you um, as we know that you are in control and we pray that you could... Uh, Bring your will in these situations and continue to comfort those who are struggling. Amen. Well, guys, uh, time to wrap it up. Uh, I don't have my pink jacket on. I don't know where I put it, but sorry. <laughs> I wanted to look a bit different from you guys. Um, th- thank you for joining us. We really enjoyed uh, your red-headed pink presence. <laughs> and um, just to finish up, guys, uh, just want to say that we are having Rock Quiz tonight live, 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 guys. So make sure you're on board ready to answer your questions. Make sure you are dressed up as your favourite rock star. We're going to tell you how to get on an app called Kahoot and how to use that online. Just keep, look at, keep an eye out for the link in the comments and we'll let you know how to get started and how everything will work. So don't stress. Just make sure you've gone to Kahoot.com and then everyone will tell you what to do. But for now, we're going to say one way, guys. One way. <laughs> <laughs>